Midlife Millennial. Yeah, we are back from our summer break. Yeah. If that's what I think we can call it that, because technically, technically, like summer is still here until the twenty second. Yeah. Or the twenty first, I think. So. Yeah, Labor Day. We we you know, we were part of the writer's strike. We were taking <laughs> some time off with. We're in solidarity with SAG. I like that spin. I do like that spin. No, but in, in all seriousness, like it's been a whirlwind of a summer um, for us and. Indeed. I think it's good to be back and just kind of dive into like life. What is it? Why are we here? Why do we exist? What's our purpose? Those really deep questions. I think we should. I think we should. That's that's the agenda today. We're just going to get down to the bottom of it. We're going to solve all the world's problems right here on this podcast today. Um, but you know what? In all seriousness, I, I do think um, the summer. Not only was it challenging like you know running the business and trying to maintain clients and team members and our own personal life it's like Mm -hmm. you you work hard you do all the right things you know i would say i say on paper i think you and i do most of the right things we talk shit every now and then but you know (laughs) but i mean you know you you do all these things you you work so hard, you work day and night, you're running a business, having two small kids. There comes a point where you're like, huh, is this, is this just life? Like we just wake up and we run in our little hamster wheel until we get so tired that we burst. And then it's like, oh no, you gotta pick yourself back up by your bootstraps. And then you just keep doing the same thing on a bigger wheel. Like what? Well, I think the, the reality is, yes, there, there are hamster wheels that we're running on, but I think it's, can you find in those moments the, the ability to break free from that, even though you know you're on the hamster wheel? That, that's the thing, it is, is like, sure, we're on a hamster wheel, but I don't think this wheel's, it's not predetermined how many times we go around the wheel, if that makes sense. It's not predetermined? We may, it may be predetermined that we're on a hamster wheel, but we're not, we have free will to. Okay, I, I think I know what you're getting at, but the, here's, here's where I kind of get stuck with this, like hamster wheel of life, um, or wheel of torture, depending on how you look at it, um, is even if you, so I'm going to the next wheel, I think is kind of just what, it feels like you could be on a really small wheel where you have a small world view you have small like mediocre type of goals and then you you jump to a bigger wheel and it's like i've seen a little bit more of the world i got some new skills at the end of the day you're, you're still just spinning and so mm. you said you know just a little bit ago like how do you break away from from the wheel I think that's the human challenge. I think that the the challenge for people, because, you know, even if you don't own a business or you don't, you know, have kids or you're not married, even if you don't have those Any responsibilities. No (laughs) responsibilities. Even if you don't do anything. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that. But you you know, if you don't have any of those things that you're, you know, responsible for, 
there's there's still this kind of wonder of well what is there i mean sometimes i go back and i'm like well what what if i wasn't married and didn't have kids and you know i didn't have you or because i we, we both know people who are still single looking for love and all the wrong places no offense but i think there's definitely a bit of wonder of what the other side is like and so my idea of breaking free would be to experience that but you know you know then you hear people say the grass isn't always greener right like, yeah do i just stay on my own wheel just like truck on truck along maybe have a couple of obstacle courses on or something well i think that's the issue is we assume like i don't think you can get off your own wheel i think that's the thing this analogy that you're using you, you stay on the wheel. I'm just thinking, you know, maybe you make more money or you were more successful, and so you're going faster on the wheel. And so you think you're getting somewhere further, but you're not. You're just, I don't you're think, just burning out. I don't think you go to another wheel. I think the... And yet, I still think we have free will. So let me explain that. The, the free will versus deterministic argument. This was big back in, like, the 1500s, 1600s. Uh, Calvinists who broke away from the Catholic Church, uh, who are kind of modern-day Baptists, although it gets, it gets sort of blurry because I think modern-day Baptists don't believe in full predetermination. But anyways, predetermination is saying that I, what, no matter what I do in life, it's determined whether or not I'm going to go to heaven or hell. Oh. That was that's sort of the, the traditional deterministic worldview. So I can do all these works and live a good life, and you know what? I was fated to be to be in hell for the rest of my life. Wait, so, and I'm... I'm, I'm now, we're not talking about heaven and hell, but it's interesting because I think there are definitely religious undertones in this conversation. there's definitely heaven and hell on earth. I mean, my, we don't, I don't even know if we have time to get into what I think about heaven and hell, but um, for a lot of people, you know, just the waking up every day feels like hell, you know? And so this idea that there's a, a religion, and I'm asking you this like for real because I, I didn't really study like Calvinist things. Like I think it's it's like a vague memory, but they basically like what what did they teach people? Well, well okay, like, and I, I'm def- I, I I'm, break this down. I'm definitely dumbing it down, but the the idea is they were sort of rebelling against this idea that you could work, work your way into heaven. Oh. Right. Although that is not what Catholics believe, they actually believe that they're like. Uh, it's a long story. We could go into that forever. But the the, it's I- part two of this the idea is like, so a deterministic worldview. Let's let's sort of take that high level beyond religion, or you know, make it humanistic. That that would also say like, no matter what I do in life, I'm going to sort of have a certain fate. Mm-hmm. People use the term fate all the time. It's my fate. My destiny. My destiny. Well, that would be like a predetermined like worldview. I have a destiny to do something. It could be good. Like I am. Det- I am gonna. I know I'm gonna do this when I grow up, or I know I'm gonna be this successful. Here's the problem with that worldview. Life inevitably happens to us. Things happen, for better or worse. And I think when people have this like this fatalist worldview, if I'm using the term properly, um, is it's sort of this like Disney worldview of like. Well, determined okay. to have a happy ending and and it's not always the case I don't disagree with you but I do believe you know and, and this is something that I, I challenge myself with when I have these thoughts of like I'm on this hamster wheel that I can't get off 
but we make in our lives. Every decision that we make from the time we wake up to do I decide to brush my teeth or not today? Do I decide to have breakfast? Do I decide to take this route to work? Do I decide to wear these shoes that are going to give me blisters in three hours? They all are leading us to the here and right now. And so I think this idea that, oh, you wake up and, you know, I'm going to be the greatest. I'm just going to take uh, Michael Jordan, for example. You know, he wanted to be the greatest. He wanted to be the best basketball player there was. And it didn't happen because he said it. It happened because he made decisions every single day to practice longer, work on that bad shot, you know, dribble the ball a little bit more, do a couple jukes over here. It, you, so this idea that, oh, your life is just not, like you're predetermined to go this way, I think it's actually way deeper than that. And if we think about like right now, for, for anybody listening, ask yourself right now, what is happening in your life and how did you get there? Because if, if we're honest with ourselves, yeah. I think, you know, and I'll take us for example, like we're running a business that's um, successful, a little bit stressful. We're, we're making everything work. We have a great, awesome team that we're really proud of. But are we where we want to be with this business? Yeah. If we say yes, then it's because we did all the things right. If we say no, then it's like, well, along the lines, we made decisions that ended up where we are right now. So, so yeah, the, there's, there's predetermined Calvinistic sort of traditional that theory. There's also, you know, free will. That's the, everybody, people hear that, they don't, maybe don't know what it means, but as the name implies, it's I, my will takes me where I need to go. And this is what you're saying is Michael Jordan may have wanted to be the best basketball player and he actually did it through the work he did and through the process and practice. And so there's on the other side, there's sort of like free will. We have free will. And, and, and uh, I would actually argue that there's sort of a middle ground. There was free will determined and then there's sort of like something in between where we, because here's the thing with free will. I have the free will to do what I want and build what I want and dream what I want and do what I want. However, if I get in my car and drive and someone hits me, my will wasn't for them to hit me. Their will wasn't necessarily to hit me, but something happened. Maybe they screwed up in their moment and took their eyes off the road and, and, and hit me. Well, then how do we describe that and explain mm -hmm. that? Because that yeah, is not my will, right. nor is it the driver's will. Or something happened. Who, you know, all of a sudden get diagnosed with a you know, a terminal illness, that's not part of your plan either. So I, you know, I just, so, so maybe things happen, but, but here's the thing though. So, so, so those things happen to us and they're, they're, they're against our will. They feel like they're against our will and they feel determined. I don't think those things are necessarily determined. However, they happen. So how do we respond to those things? That's the biggest question I have. And I think people that, you know, I listen to a lot of like, not I say self-help, but people that are like, you know, get up early and get your work done and be amazing and entrepreneurs, right? That's sort of like the, the, the that's how they preface their argument. Uh, as if like we can control everything we do. And, and that's just not the case. Or that we can control whether or not 
other people are going to do things. So to your point with the, with the, with the accident analogy, it's like, yeah, you, you could wake up and decide, I'm going to go have a good freaking day. And somebody pickpockets you or like, you know, does something totally out of your control. But it's yeah. how we react to those things. So it, it's how we react to those things that, that, that shows who we are. So let's take money as an example because everybody under the sun, uh, whether you have a lot or a little, you think about money. Money, for better or worse, is how our economy, any economy runs. It's like, do I have enough to do this thing and get this thing and then grow this thing or whatever, buy this thing? And money is neither good nor bad, it just is. And money, a lot of people kind of feel like, where did my money go? You hear people say that, oh my God, my money, I, I got my paycheck and it's gone. Well, well no, it, it, it went somewhere. You, you didn't tell it where to go. Money's not predetermined to, to leave your bank account. Sometimes it feels that way, I know, for all of us. But, um, and I think that's, you know, I, I'm using money because it's a very sort of tangible thing we can think about. Yeah, you don't really. Yeah, and so, like, it's, it's how do we get a better grasp of, of our life? I think it's acknowledging that we have the will to change things, and yet things will happen to us that we cannot change. And how do we accept those fates? without well, getting bogged down and feel like there's a, there's a hand pushing us down every step of the day. That oppressive hand. Uh, no, I know what you mean. And I don't have a, uh, an answer that might work for everybody, but I, I think those are the moments where your strength is tested, your, your character. Your strength. will is tested, your, your will. We hear that say, my will is tested. It's, it's, it's yes, it's your strength, it's yeah, your will, it's your character. You know, we'll be fully transparent with you guys. A few years ago, we had a business that... Like six years ago, but yes. It did. Um, and, and that was tough. Like, I, I really do think, you know, that was probably one of the toughest moments in our lives individually, but also together as a, as a couple. That was hard to deal with. And the funniest thing happened, you know, after we had to dissolve the business and file for bankruptcy and basically rebuild our lives, we got closer, actually. I, I remember we went out to have dinner one day after we had the final meeting with the attorney. I think it was a nice, beautiful day like today. Um, and we sat there and we could have been upset with each other, like, this didn't happen, you didn't do this. We weren't right. We could have blamed each other, right? Like, we, we definitely could have had um, some darker moments. But instead, we kind of sat there and we like, this is it. Like, we had to do what we had to do. We felt, we felt better, you know, after we overcame. And I just remember thinking, like, wow, something like this could have destroyed this marriage. But instead, we somehow just came out stronger. We felt liberated to, to get this stress off of us. And it reminds me of the story of like Francis of Assisi, one of the most famous, you know, uh, saints out there, you know, whatever your religion, you probably know like the, the dude the in the brown right? robe, yeah, who loves animals, uh, lived in Assisi in Italy and came from a very wealthy, affluent family. He was a, um, you know, noble, and one day he just 
like read this gospel that said sell everything and took it quite literally and just literally got rid of everything and you know lived a life just of pop extreme poverty like he chose to be a beggar on the streets even though his family had enough money to probably speaking of the but yeah and and he and he chose that life and i think there's a, a secret to there's a happiness when you have little uh, that doesn't mean you have to literally have little, although for him it meant that. But I think what it means is things that are going to weigh you down, uh, going back to the, you know, if you feel like I'm bound to be wealthy or grow this thing or that thing, it's going to weigh you down if you don't get to where you want to be. And I think when you strip yourself of those things, you don't have this pressure to do something. Uh, and in an Ironically, like you can do more when you don't have that pressure. This is why people are, I think are, you know, not that I love it, but they're sort of moving toward this like minimalist vibe where they like get rid of everything. It's very Franciscan to me, like sell your stuff and just, you know, live a simplistic life. And I think when you do that, these questions of like, am I doing the right thing? Or oh, do I have enough? It, those things go away when you simplify your life. Yeah. And this is what you talk about, Deanna, with your, with, with your site. Check it out, DeannaLetitia.com. She's been doing some great writing and, and you're, you're, you're a certified meditation coach. But, but gratitude, like this simplifying life and being grateful for the small things. And I think the, the being grateful part, it's, if you're, if you're thinking about gratefulness, like, oh, I'm so, you know, thankful that I have all of my money and all of my things, I would, I would challenge you to think about that in a different way. Mm -hmm. Because true, like, gratitude, like that, that attitude of gratitude, which, you know, I will admit, growing up I hated that phrase, because it just sounded so, like, corny to me. But the older I get, the more, it's, it's clear to me that it's a lot deeper than just, oh, I'm so thankful that I have you know, my stuff, I think we, we get so caught up on like these, these material things that we have. But if you're truly grateful, you will be able to look at any situation and yeah. any circumstance and find something to be grateful for. Yeah. And I started doing this thing like back when, well, I used to work at an ice cream shop in high school and um, that was my only food service job because after First that I was like, I, I don't know if I can do all this, but it taught me a lot. There was this one incident where my sister and I, we worked together. Um, we're like really close in age, and so we always had the same jobs until college, basically. And so there was this, these two men who came in, and they were Indian, and they spoke with really thick accents. And she and I were working, there was like one other person, and we couldn't really understand what they were saying. We knew that they wanted ice cream, in some shape or form and it was kind of a struggle like they're pointing over here and they're trying to say the names of the ice creams and they're getting it wrong but we were picking up like oh mint chocolate or x y or z and so anyway we get it done we're all kind of like laughing about it like they were laughing at us we were laughing at each other because we were like do you understand and um, anyway we, we give them the ice cream and he hands us each a 20 dollar bill for a tip now, 
the ice cream shop that I worked at, we were not allowed to take tips. Like that just wasn't. This was 20 years ago. It's 20 bucks with minus inflation. That's like 40 bucks today. <laughs> so we were like, oh, you know, no, thank you. We can't, we can't accept your tip. Unfortunately, it's just not. Um, we just can't. Mm -hmm. And one of the men looked at us, and I don't know how we understood this, but he said, "You guys were so nice." with us and you smiled with us mm -hmm. and you handled us with care and for that I am thankful. Mm -hmm. And that was a life-changing moment for me because we weren't even thinking like, oh, let's be really nice to these guys. But in their experience, they probably have been mistreated or kind of pushed aside like, you don't speak English, I don't want to deal with you. But instead, we made it a fun experience for them and we were all laughing and just having a good time. And so that's kind of that that sort of gratitude that I'm thinking. For him, he was just thankful that two service people were, were not treating him like shit. So I wanna leave people with three practical pieces of advice. And this, this applies to whatever your job is, whether you run a business, lead people, or just work for somebody. I think there, there's three things you can do that kind of get you out of the hamster wheel and make you feel like I've got control of my destiny and I'm grateful for what's around me. I think one, grateful for your team members. This is something we've been practicing. Grateful for the people that either work for you or work with you, work beside you, the people that are, are with you every step of the way. It's easy to, to get mired in gossip and get frustrated by somebody not doing something, but be grateful for the things they do for you. Number two, grateful for your clients. This is, if you're a service-based business or, or sell products, like, it's easy to complain about clients. I get it. I understand that. However, be grateful for those interactions, those clients that when you go the extra mile, they see that and, and you get rewarded for it. Be, be grateful for the fact that you get to, to provide them value. And then number three, be grateful for the income that comes your way. Whether it's a couple grand a month or if you're running a multi-million dollar business, like be grateful for that. And that gratitude, I think, is going to help you uh, figure out where these things go, how to invest wisely, and how to just build something that, again, yes, there's, we feel like we're on a hamster wheel, day in and day out. Mm -hmm. But when you step aside and, and have those moments of gratitude, I think we realize like we have the ability to move forward on our own accord and get past these moments of struggle. Yeah, and you know, just to add to that, it's it's not like an easy thing that's, that's gonna happen overnight. No. If, if you can do it overnight, I would love Dude, to have I, you on our podcast. Dr driving <laughs> to the office today, I was like, just, I, I came, I was in a moment of frustration. I was just, I don't know what it was, I was irritable. Tuesdays like, just get me that way sometimes. You, you know, know Tuesdays? Well, I thought it was like Wednesday or Thursday in my head and it's like, you wake up, it's on Tuesday, you know? Uh -oh. I don't mind Tuesdays, but, but yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it, it takes a little bit of practice to be honest, and it's something you have to challenge yourself with every day. Yeah. And one of the things that you can really work on is in moments of frustration or anger or even sadness. And it's, I think, you know, we didn't really touch on this, but, but sadness is, I think, one of the toughest um, emotions to, to deal with. But even in those moments, even when you feel like, man, there's either no hope or anything. Look at your situation, okay, and ask yourself, like, very seriously, do you have food? Do you have shelter? Do you have anybody in your life that you can call on that, that is a loved, trusted individual? 
if you can say yes to any of those things, like just be be thankful for it. It might be a little, it might not be much, but that's a way to get yourself to, you know, practice thinking about, look, you know, I, I know this sucks, I'm, I'm stuck in traffic right now, oh, I hate this. But just be thankful that you have a moment to yourself in the car or that you have extra time and that you're not in an accident or that you, you know, nothing tragic happened to you. Like it, it, it seems, it sounds easy, but it really does take that extra effort. It, it may not change your situation, but it'll change the perception of your situation. Perception is reality. Mm. Uh, we're beings that perceive our existence in front of us. Everything that we, that we notice in life has already happened. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, fraction of a second, but, but we're, we're observing everything after the fact. Yeah. And it's how we perceive what happened to us is how we write our own story. All right, guys, this was a kind of a serious podcast, but <laughs> I think it was a good one. We'll uh, join us. Uh, we're going to, we're going to, we are going to be more consistent with this. I, I promise <laughs> your feed will be blasted with podcasts. Just every day we're going to have new podcasts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe like once a week or and we're going to have more guests too this fall. More guests. So we're excited about that. Yeah. So until next time, I mean, keep keep uh, enjoying your midlife. We will. If yeah. you're in midlife. Hey, and you know, if you have anything that you want to have us talk about or um, any topics that seem interesting or, you know, pressing, uh, let us know. We would, we would love to take some suggestions and uh, really see what, what other midlife millennials are, are going through. Because let me tell you, whatever it is, you ain't alone. You definitely are not. So we're here and... Even if you're not a millennial, we can still talk to you. It's fine. Well, you know, if, if you're an older, if you're older than millennial, we feel more comfortable. If you're younger than millennial, um, we might have some tough love for you. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. See you guys. All right. Bye. Change it.